Hello, and welcome to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Stacey McCracken, and joining me is David Chednovic, Assistant Vice President Grain. David, November has come and gone, and we're through the first four months of the crop year. Can you give us an update on the results achieved in November for grain movement and how that compares to guidance in the CN 2022-23 grain plant? Thanks, Stacey. CN shipped over 3.02 million tons of Western Canadian grain and processed grain products in November, with the volume of grain moved directly from the interior via container in addition to that. That is the fourth highest ever volume of Western Canadian grain movement recorded by CN for a single month and the second best November ever. That record wouldn't have been possible without strong coordination and collaboration across the end-to-end supply chain from farmers to grain companies, country elevators to export terminals, and CN's team of dedicated railroaders. Hitting this mark is especially positive when you consider some of the terminal-related productivity issues that the supply chain was working through at the start of the month that reduced grain movement. We'll get into that later. How did November movement stack up against the guidance in the 2022-23 grain plan? So CN's guidance for maximum end-to-end grain supply chain capacity outside of winter between bulk grain and processed grain products is up to 7,600 cars per week. Remembering that to achieve those levels requires no mainline disruptions, fluidity across shipment corridors, seven-day terminal unloading, and other considerations. Through grain shipment weeks 14 to 17, which takes you through November, the end-to-end supply chain on CN achieved 6,900, 6,700, 8,500, and 8,200 cars worth of shipments, respectively. Why the weaker results for the first two weeks of November? Terminal productivity issues at the Port of Vancouver. Recall that the end of October saw persistent heavy rainfall, significantly reducing the volume of grain being loaded from export terminals to vessels. The practice of loading grain in inclement weather is limited at the present time in the Port of Vancouver. The ability to do it is there, but it is not utilized much. Besides the issues with the weather, Unplanned maintenance and reduced terminal productivity due to slow product unloading from rail cars also represented significant impacts. If grain terminal space isn't being made to unload grain from rail cars, then loaded grain trains can't be moved forward. CN is forced to hold back trains en route to port and trains at origin in the country until the situation improves. Ultimately, the end-to-end supply chain is negatively affected as delayed returns of empty hopper cars back to the prairies for the next load impact CN's overall spotting program for the next week. In the back end of week 15, improved terminal productivity resulted in better rail car unload counts and a moderate reduction in the number of CN grain trains being held back. Then we saw the supply chain roar back in week 16. Improved weather and grain terminal productivity in the Port of Vancouver, combined with strong CN operational performance, contributed to a sharp rebound in weekly grain shipments, with 797,000 tons of grain and processed products shipped on CN. That's the second best single week ever for grain movement in CN's history. It falls just behind the record of 810,000 tons that we set in October during week 12. Week 17 was strong as well at 780,000 tons, the third highest ever week in CN's history. So four months into the crop year, where is CN crop year to date on grain movement out of Western Canada? Through the first four months of the crop year, CN moved 10 million tons of Western Canadian grain and processed grain products via carload compared to 7.7 million tons at the same time last year and 10 million tons for the three-year average, excluding last year's drought-reduced crop. Our record best pace was 11.3 million tons in the 2020-21 crop year. So CN registered record movement in October and exceeded 3 million tons of movement in November, but grain movement is still off from the record pace of the 2020-21 crop year. Why is that? 
The single most important factor during August and the first half of September was demand or lack thereof, plain and simple. Considering the impact of last year's drought, carry-in stocks came in at record low levels to start this crop year. There was very little grain left to move and everyone was waiting for the harvest to come on. Then there was the fact that the crop got planted two to three weeks later than normal in the eastern prairies due to extremely wet spring conditions, and that pushed the harvest window back big time in an area where harvest typically comes on earlier in the prairies compared to areas further north. In the first four weeks of the crop year, CN recorded only 7,500 cars of bulk grain shipments in total. Compare that to the 7,500 cars of bulk grain shipments we saw on CN in week 12 alone and you get a sense of how slow it was at the start of this crop year. In the first six weeks of the crop year, roughly 2.75 million tons of grain supply chain capacity was left on the table. Shifting gears now, can you discuss CN's weekly reporting on Western Canadian grain? For sure. Beyond simply projecting and reporting on the total amount of grain and processed grain products being shipped from Western Canada over a specific period, CN also measures and reports grain supply chain performance in many other ways including the quality of the service being provided. This report has been around since the 2016-17 crop year, capturing 100% of grain shipments moving in CN-supplied hoppers and private customer-supplied hoppers, along with detailing 100% of the orders received for CN-supplied equipment. Industry reporting is an apples-to-oranges comparison because it only covers railroad-supplied hoppers. CN reports total grain tonnage moved on a weekly basis by corridor for bulk grain and processed grain products, along with crop year-to-date shipments, followed by detail concerning customer orders for CN-supplied hopper cars in relation to supply chain capacity. We also report in detail on how the company executed against the grain spotting plan, including what percentage of CN-supplied hopper cars were supplied against the current week spot plan, along with the percentage of orders that were supplied either in the week requested or within 24 to 72 hours of the end of the want week. What other detail does the reporting include? Well, in contrast to some industry reporting, CN gets into detail as to the why of what's going on in the supply chain. Numbers need context. We recently made some modifications to our weekly reporting to provide even more detail in this regard. Up front in the document, there's now a supply chain dashboard that illustrates how the supply chain is doing, and it ties back to all the conditions required to achieve maximum supply chain capacity. Additional information regarding the specifics of carp spotting performance is detailed as well. Take grain shipment week 15, for example, which was a short-term low point for grain movement on CN. Vancouver grain terminal congestion, not railway performance, resulted in roughly 600 planned orders not spotted within the want week, and 250 orders cancelled because the pipeline to certain grain terminals couldn't handle the volume. If you don't have that information to go along with the percent of orders fulfilled, you don't have the whole picture. The supply chain is a lot more complicated than pass or fail with nothing in between. This is an end-to-end supply chain, and all the links in the chain have to be working together to deliver results. Thank you for your time, David, and thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN.